Hey, what's happening? This is Isai Rodriguez, host of the Daspination Podcast, where I cater to the professional working man, 40 and above, who's looking to make positive changes to his health, lose weight, and become stronger overall through simple lifestyle changes. I'm here to share inspiration, tips, and proven lessons that I've personally learned and lived through in my 40 plus years on this here beautiful blue planet. So today we'll start the discussion off by talking about the equipment free eight minute arm workout in our first segment and then we'll move into our second segment and talk about the five things that all successful diets have in common before we get into that if you'd like to join the conversation then get on over to podcast.daspination.com vip to enroll in our insiders community where i share more entertaining behind the scenes stories tips and hacks It'll keep you feeling younger each and every day. That's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much really helps me get the word out and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters now let's move into our first segment with healthy conversations all right we're all warmed up and ready to go So in this week's installment of Healthy Conversations, we're talking about the equipment-free eight-minute arm workout. So listen, no matter what your activity level is, uh, everyone can benefit from strengthening their upper body because with strong arms and shoulders, then the, you know, these everyday movements that we do, like carrying a fully loaded backpack or, I don't know, having proper posture while working, like these things become so much, much more easier, you know? And and so that's why this eight minute equipment-free arm workout helps you do both of those things and a whole lot more, to be honest. I mean, it really works every part of your upper body without weights. And that's the goal right now (laughs) or with this workout. Now, what does this mean for you? You know, because I'm sure this is what you're asking yourself right now. (laughs) Right. Well, this basically means that you can do it anywhere. You can do it at any time. And like they say, (laughs) there's no time like the present. Right. So you'll cycle through all of the essentials like, you know, planks and jumping jacks and everyone's quarantine favorite, (laughs) the ever popular push-up, you know, because let's face it, push-ups work. <laughs> they just do, you know, and that and that's why they're a part of pretty much every serious workout. And if that, you know, sounds a little intimidating, you know, don't be because if you're afraid of push-ups, that's okay. If you put in the time and energy with this workout specifically, then just know that you'll be able to do them by the end of a few days or so. So cheers to facing your fitness fears. <laughs> but with that said, let's get started here. <laughs> so the first exercise in this super duper eight minute arm workout is like we said jumping jacks but not just uh jumping jacks we're talking about jumping jacks with an overhead press 
<laughs> Hold on. I thought you said no weights. <laughs> and you're right. Generally, overhead presses are done with weight. But this particular move will get your heart rate up and have you feeling warm in no time at all. You know, without weights, I might add, you know. So first, start by hopping your feet in and out like a regular jumping jack. You know, you know this movement. This is pretty much elementary at this point. But here's where it gets fun. Reach your arms up to the sky as you hop your feet outward. You know, then bring them back down to your chest as you hop your feet back inward. Now again... <laughs> You don't need weight for this exercise to be effective, but you know me, I always like to take things up a notch. So if you have a light or medium weight, feel free to grab it. Use them for your, you know, your overhead press for a little extra challenge. You know, again, you'll still get a solid burn without weights, but if you're like me and want to take it up a notch, you want to level up a bit, then grab some really lightweight dumbbells. Like I'm talking about five to 10 pounds. Like this should be more than enough. <laughs> you don't want to overload your arms because if your palms get too sweaty you don't want to be jumping with heavy weights in your hands over your head you know and that's not that's not to say that once you get the hang of it like seriously uh you know once you get the movement down packed and and your form is on point if you feel like upping the weights a little then you know go for it but you know your body best but just keep it in mind you know form over weight always 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 you want to make sure your your form is on point before you start upping the weight before you start maxing out or whatever you know get get your form as near perfect as you can and then increase your weights you know and, and the way you do that is always the same <laughs> practice 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 so now the second arm sculpting exercise in this eight minute workout is plank up downs <laughs> what the heck are these so this exercise takes the pla the classic plank and turns up the intensity just a little bit you know so what you do here is you set up in a classic plank you know the, the high position easy peasy so with your hands shoulder width apart and your feet back behind you again easy peasy but don't forget to keep the core nice and tight that's something that a lot of people sometimes miss you know but that's why i'm here to remind you with your core tight then what you're going to do next is you're going to come down to your forearms one arm at a time boom <laughs> then bring yourself back to your hands one arm at a time yes <laughs> you know i like this one hits your arms shoulders core like a trifecta of muscle shaping madness you know <laughs> Here's something I don't normally do, but, uh, you know, if you want to give yourself some extra stability, then simply bring your knees to the ground, you know, that'll give you a little more balance and stability so you can get through the exercise easier. But if you want to turn it up, <laughs> what you can do, because, you know, I'm, again, I'm always trying to turn shit up, <laughs> you know, if you want to turn it up, what you can do is you can try placing a small plate on your back while setting up in your plank. You know, I've done this with, um, you know, a 25 pound plate. That might be a little too much for you if you're just starting out, but it really gives your arms a little extra something. And it also helps strengthen those, uh, you know, those hidden stabilizer muscles that are all over, you know, up and down your, um, uh, you know, your core, you know, you're kind of balancing that plate on your back. So you have to make sure you go down smoothly and come back smoothly, you know? So just like the first movement, make sure your form is on point before you start adding weight. <laughs> we went over that already, you know, and, and you might actually want to have someone place the weight on your back for you. You know, those first 
few times that you actually do add weight, have someone do it for you. You know, uh, someone spy you if it's a trainer or, or you know your your significant other or someone, your know, friend, your buddy, whoever you're there with. You know, another tip I can give you with this is, uh, you know, it would be good to uh, you know get on all fours, then place the weight on your back. You know, if you're doing it yourself, you know, and then obviously then straighten out your legs to get into that starting plank position. The third arm thundering exercise is the bare shoulder tap. So with this one, uh, I'll need you to really get ready and say hello to those shoulder muscles because here's what you're going to do. <laughs> You'll start by getting into what's known as a bear plank. So this is just as easy as it sounds, kind of, you know, I mean, it's like a traditional plank, you know, but then you turn up the beast mode, if you will, you know, so you basically start on all four like I said but the trick here is that you'll be hovering your knees about an inch off the ground that's like the starting position you know then fire up your upper body by bringing up one hand to tap the outside shoulder so one side at a time tap the opposite shoulder you know starting position with the knees hovering you know reach your right hand and tap your left shoulder then return your right hand back to the standing position again with your knees hovering and immediately raise your left hand to tap your right shoulder <laughs> oh yeah hello shoulders hello core town i'm telling you you'll be feeling this for sure in your shoulders in your core in your legs so you'll definitely i'm telling you after a few a few reps a few sets you'll you'll you're gonna be feeling this so you want to make sure to you engage your core to prevent your body from swaying back and forth as you move you know and i have to add in there that uh you know you want to keep your legs nice and activated uh you know this will also help in controlling those arm movements and and basically keeping everything where it needs to be you know and now i like this next one because it just makes me feel like a superhero and and, and that's the fourth exercise and it's superman's so if you've ever wanted to feel like Superman or a superhero and I'm sure you have fellas uh, I think we've all I think we all have at some point uh, this exercise is for you you know and so it also works your you know your back at the same time you know so this is a little bonus really <laughs> since it works your back also it, it helps improve your posture basically anything that works your back kind of helps your posture you know so how is it done though you know how is it performed that's the question you know and, and here's the answer <laughs> so what you do is you start by laying on your stomach with your arms and legs stretched out what you're looking for is the shape basically of a star of a starfish so pretend you're patrick from spongebob <laughs> no but really maybe not that I, I guess some of you can consider spongebob a superhero but uh but you want to you're looking for that shape of a starfish so again lay down as as if you were a starfish and then bring your head your arms and your legs off the floor you know obviously uh you're laying face down I, I think i forgot to mention that but face down arms out bring your head up arms legs off the floor from there just bring it all back down to the floor for a quick second or two and then bring it all back up again and hold it for five to ten seconds that's where the burn comes in now this is the traditional 
quote-unquote textbook way of doing Supermans, but I have a few variations for you that I personally like. You know, I always like to change stuff up, keep the body and muscles guessing <laughs> and working at the same time, and they're all pretty simple to do. So the first variation is simply straightening your arms and legs. So instead of a starfish, you're more like Superman from, you know, the sup the actual superhero from the comic book. So you can also add, um, add in pulses, you know, so whether you're Superman, the superhero, or in the starfish position, when you bring everything up, you add a pulse or two or three if you're a true beast you know add that right at the top these pulses really turn up the burn factor on the muscles and really really get them working another variation are uh, weighted superman so if you have ankle or wrist weights you can throw them into the mix and again turn up that burn factor i mean you don't necessarily need weights to do uh, to do these but again, you know me, I'm always turning it up. I like to keep things interesting and keep my muscles confused and not knowing what's coming next. You know, that's where the best results come from. So you'll get some really interesting results when you keep that in mind. And now if you're following along with me at home, I'm sure your arms are feeling it right about now. <laughs> you know, but we're not done. Our fifth arm shredding exercise is push up to renegade row with extension. That's a mouthful right there, <laughs> but it's nothing more than, you know, a modified and possibly glorified push up. <laughs> you know, yes, sir. <laughs> it's push up time again, but this time you get to choose to either be on your feet or on your knees. And, uh, you know, either way, place what you're going to want to do is, uh, you know, place your hands on the floor slightly wider than your shoulders. Engage your core. You know, this is your typical starting position for push-ups is, is basically a plank, you know. <laughs> Think about keeping a straight line from your head to your toes or your, you know, your knees the same way you would in a plank. Now what you do is you're gonna to wanna to simply bring your body down to the ground and push yourself back up. No surprise there, right? <laughs> I did say we were doing push-ups, right? But here's where it's different. You know, follow me here. Once you're in that up position, what you wanna do is you're gonna raise one hand off the ground to bring your elbow parallel to your chest and then extend your hand back behind you. Now, simply switch sides. So if you brought up your right arm first, bring it down and bring up the left. Same movement, just, you know, bring your elbow parallel to your chest and extend your hand back behind you. Now, you can either do, uh, you know, push-ups and then renegade extension with your right, then your left, or you can push up, renegade extension with your right, push up, you know, renegade extension with your left and alternate that way. It's up to you really. And if you're looking to level up this movement, just grab a light weight for your renegade row. Again, not needed, you know, don't, don't get it twisted. It, the weights are not needed and that's what I'm trying to tell you, but definitely turns up that flex factor if you're looking to maximize your uh, workout result. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much that's it. So, you know, moving along to the sixth, upper body chiseling exercise is crab toe touches. I absolutely love this one here. And if you're like me and you spend a lot of time hunched over a computer all day, then I'm pretty sure you'll love this one too. So doing what we do best and you know, sitting on your behind, <laughs> You want to place your hands behind you with your knees bent out in front of you 
and your feet planted firmly on the ground. Now, what you're gonna do is lift up your bottom so it's hovering an inch or so off the ground and you're basically on all fours, get it, crab? <laughs> you should be in a crab position at this point. From here, all you do is alternate coming up to tap your hand to opposite toe. You should feel a nice stretch in your chest if you do it correctly. So again, from crab position, bring your left hand up and tap your right toe. Then alternate, you know, bring your left hand and right toe back to starting crab position and then reach your right hand and tap your left toe. <laughs> I think the key here for most people is not to rush the movement. You want smooth, methodical movements throughout. Keep your movements controlled, your core tight and your chest proud. The core and chest are super important in this exercise because you can definitely overextend yourself if you don't have your form locked in. So again, to be absolutely clear on the form part of this, we're talking about keeping your core tight, keeping your chest proud you know out there think superhero shoulders relaxed and down chill you know and your chin up as in neutral position uh not literally looking up but you don't want your chin tucked into your chest that's that's basically it neutral no overextension or underextension in the in the neck and and definitely not tucked into your chest you know keep that in mind when you're doing these movements and you'll you, you know you'll be fine plus you'll benefit from an awesome exercise that's a great one actually i, I really like that but but you know huh, moving along to the seventh and final movement in this eight minute upper body muscle building workout Whew, that was a mouthful is the eccentric push-ups god damn it these push-ups keep getting in the way <laughs> well to be fair i did tell you that if you put in the work you'll be easily doing push-ups after a few sessions so that being said i'm putting it out there <laughs> be gone fear of push-ups and so now that you've had a chance to master your push-up form let's hit up the classic push-up one more time but this time with one slight little change one minor adjustment so instead of going up and down at the same time, this, this movement requires you to lower your body to the ground in three slow counts and then push yourself back up with one. So down on three and then explode up in one easy movement. You know, I, I've heard some people call this a negative push-up, but the true terminology, I believe, is eccentric. <laughs> uh, plus, I like the word eccentric. <laughs> I like to think of, uh, of myself as eccentric, but enough of that. <laughs> if this move is too intense for your shoulders, then take a break in child's pose when, when you hit the bottom and then challenge yourself to do one more rep. That's it. One more. You can do one more, you know? So do as many as you can. And when you feel like you can't do any more, fall back into child's pose for about five seconds or so and push yourself or challenge yourself to do just one more. You know, you can do it. Pretend you've got a personal trainer yelling at you. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, encouraging you to do one more. You know, you know how they do it. You know, you, come on, one more. <laughs> you got this. Uh, I'm telling you that that five second pause in child's pose really helps. But you need to keep that thought that you have somebody telling you 
to do one more. You know, I'm usually able to bang out an extra three to five reps after the pause. So, I mean, give it a try, seriously. And now to actually make this workout an eight minute workout as I've been advertising the whole episode is, uh, you know, simple, really. <laughs> this is all you have to do right here. I'm going to let you know. This is the secret. <laughs> it just I just gave you seven exercises, you know, do the first six for 50 seconds, each followed by a 10 second break. Then do the last exercise for a full one minute, followed by a one minute break. Count it up. Eight minutes. <laughs> you did your workout, you pushed yourself, and you got a break. That's what I'm talking about. Efficiency. Now, you can always play around with this and switch the order of, ex- of exercises or play with the time intervals, uh, you know, a bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, what's important is that you get up and get active. So make it happen, you guys. You know, I know you've got it in you. It's there. I see it. I feel it. <laughs> you know, now it's up to you to make it happen. I've shared the knowledge with you. Now, the question is, what are you going to do with that knowledge? Are you going to apply it or, you know, are you going to let it sit there and stew? (laughs) The choice is always yours. But remember, the more you know, the better you'll be. And now, with all that said and done, let's switch gears and move on to our second segment with Mighty Man. All right, it's time for Mighty Man. So what are we talking about? (laughs) The topic for this week's installment of Mighty Man is the five things, five things, just five things that all successful diets have in common. Now, let's just get to the obvious out of the way, or should I say the BS? (laughs) Because we all know that there's no one diet that'll be a surefire success for your personal weight loss. But diets that actually tend to work, well, (laughs) they all have these same five things in common. I mean, really, the best way to lose weight boils down to these five principles. And you can't see me right now, but I'm holding up five fingers and I'm about to share these five things, these principles with you today on this episode of the Daspination podcast. So whether your weight is currently due to stress eating, boredom, COVID isolation, or I don't know, simply binge watching all 12 seasons (laughs) of the Big Bang Theory, let's face it, you know, no matter what the reason is, I think it's safe to say that many of us, myself included, have gained a little bit of weight in the past year and a half or so. And here's an interesting fact for you. Did you know that at any given time in this year and a half time frame or so, 53% of adults in the U.S., so we're talking about people aged 18 and up to be clear, you know, 53% gave themselves a C, D, or an F grade when asked about managing their weight. Think about that. Like only 17% gave themselves an A. And according to the research, 95% of adults think about weight management at least some of the time. How do you feel about that? Do you agree? Disagree on this whole, uh, quote unquote, this whole thinking about your weight at least sometime? Let me know. Drop it in the comments. And as far as uh, weight management, I mean, how would you grade yourself? Let me know in the comments. I'm, I, I want to see the comments section light up like a big old Christmas tree right now. Let it happen. <laughs> Let me know if you agree or disagree and, and how would you grade yourself? Because, I mean, I, I can tell you where I stand. I, I'm sure you already know, but <laughs> here's my take on it. You know, I don't necessarily, I don't know, watch my weight per se, you know, quote unquote, watch my weight as they say, but like, I'm not there counting 
getting every single calorie in and every calorie out and things like that. I focus more on making healthy choices overall. And by doing so, the happy side effect, if you will, is that my weight naturally regulates itself. Now, there's some premium supplements that I take that certainly help with these lifestyle choices. But all in all, I do manage my weight unintentionally. And I'm not going to lie. I I do think about my weight all the time. And it's funny because I used to think about uh, my weight a lot because, uh, you know, I was single and uh, wanted to appeal to the opposite sex. But (laughs) these days, it's more of a realization that I'm not getting any younger, you know, and I need to take care of myself. And one of the most simplest things you can do to stay healthy is to maintain a healthy weight. We all know this, right? You hear it all the time. And now I'm throwing it up in air quotes around healthy weight because you know as well as I do that what a healthy weight would be for you, quote unquote, is not necessarily what my healthy weight, quote unquote, would be. So that being said, if you're concerned about your weight and want to make some healthy changes, you already know that there's a staggering amount of advice available on how to lose weight. You know this, but honestly, healthy weight loss boils down to just five basic principles. I'm going to break that down to you right now. You know, use them and boost your chances of weight loss success starting today. So let's get right into it. The first principle we're talking about here is practice healthy eating habits. I just mentioned this about my own habits and the reality is that some dietary strategies appear to have more impact than others. So if you're attempting to lose weight in the next year, then here's three micro nuggets of wisdom you should seriously take into consideration when we're talking about healthy eating habits. So the first, and you've probably heard these before, I know I've mentioned them before, but it always goes, they they say that we learn through repetition. So again, I'm going to repeat myself. The first is eat more vegetables. No brainer, right? Secondly, enjoy mostly whole foods, you know, whole grains, um, nuts, things like that. The third is to limit the amount of added sugars and processed foods that you're eating. That's it right there. (laughs) Easy, you know, be mindful of these three things because here's the thing. Veggies allow you to fill up on more food without overdoing calories. That's just a fact. And this principle is called volumetrics. It produces the calorie deficit that your body needs for true unadulterated weight loss without focusing on calorie restriction. It won't cause you to feel hungry and it's backed by science. Google it volume metrics. Uh, there, I mean, there's studies that support volume eating for weight loss and more importantly, weight loss maintenance, which is kind of where I am. I'm not, I, I could always tend to, uh, you know, lose a few extra pounds, but I'm more at the maintenance, uh, part of, of my journey, I suppose. Uh, that uh, and and this basically means that among people who've lost weight, this this tactic of volumetrics helps them keep off the weight that they've lost. How awesome is that? I'm telling you, <laughs> it's a great thing. Now, eating what's known as whole foods, quote unquote, is also more filling and satisfying than processed foods. So basically you know, foods made with heavily processed grains, like uh, my personal favorite pizza. Well, these foods kind of fly right through your digestive system, which 
basically leaves you hungry shortly after eating. I'm sure you've experienced this. I mean, uh, you eat several slices of pizza. It's delicious. You're full. And, you know, maybe you're even feeling bloated or <laughs> nauseous because you ate one too many slices. You can't even think about food at that point. You know what I mean? But then within two hours or so, something happens and you're hungry again. You know, that that's what we're talking about here. And the thing with this is that, you know, almost 60% of what we eat comes from this type of less than healthy food. In fact, <laughs> one small study suggests that foods like these promote weight gain. No surprise there right? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it's probably because they're designed to be incredibly tasty and because they're softer and easier to chew. <laughs> so it just kind of makes it easier for us to consume them uh, overall. It makes them easier to wolf down and therefore easier to overeat. So again, these processed foods, they, they also tend to have more calories per bite, which means that, you know, they have a, a higher energy density. <laughs> so these foods, with higher energy density, well, you know, they can easily lead to weight gain because it's pretty unlikely that you'll reduce your portion size when eating these foods. <laughs> Not good, my friend. This will end up putting you in a calorie surplus. This is the complete opposite of what we're looking for. You know, this is the total, total opposite of what you want. You know, and let me just say that healthy weight loss doesn't have to be overly complicated and it for sure doesn't need to involve a laundry list of foods to exclude. <laughs> you know, all you have to do is start by following these three guidelines. They, they matter way more than the type of diet you're following. Low fat, low carb really doesn't matter as long as you're mindful of eating more veggies, eating more whole foods, and limiting the sugary or processed foods, period. So that being said, moving along to the second principle of all successful diets is this. Pay attention to what you eat. So there's no doubt in anyone's mind that the past year and a half was the year of stress and comfort eating. These are two behaviors, two, that really contribute to weight gain. And if you're attempting to lose weight, it's helpful to know the difference so that you can distinguish between emotional and physical hunger. This is not always as easy and clear cut as it sounds, but you know, the beauty is that emotional eating doesn't need to be avoided at all costs. It's not taboo, if you will, you know, sometimes it's actually pretty soothing to do a little comfort eating, you know, and while we're talking about it, it's perfectly healthy to enjoy a holiday meal or a traditional recipe that brings a lot of joy and happening. But here's the thing with all this, because there's always a thing, <laughs> you know, if eating starts turning into your go-to thing for handling your emotions or stress, then it can and most likely will lead to overeating because this insignificant little habit really undermines your mental health and, and makes it harder to manage your weight, you know? So when you get to this point where you're finding yourself eating just, you know, or indulging in foods that you normally don't and, and, and you're doing it because of stress and emotions, what's happening in your brain is that you're essentially training your brain to seek out that food when you're feeling stressed or, you know, full of emotions. Not good, my friend, not good at all. So what do you need to do? You know, what do we need to do? Well, the first step with, <laughs> toward breaking that this habit is to identify your emotional triggers, whether it's happiness, whether it's sadness, 
anger, fear, stress, <laughs> boredom, <laughs> or any other feelings, you know, it doesn't matter. You just need to acknowledge them and then figure out the why. You know, why are you happy? Why are you sad? Why are you stressed? Why are you bored? You know, once you've gotten that, then the next step is to find an alternative to eating when those feelings come up. So for example, if you're feeling stressed or angry, it might help to burn some of your negative emotions by going for a walk or a light jog. Easy peasy. First notice your emotion, then find the trigger, and finally figure out an alternative to the comfort eating. Save that comfort eating for, you know, treats for your treat you know like we, we've talked about this in the past you know and that's it in a nutshell right there <laughs> you know so moving along to the third principle all winning diets have is here you go take on an i got this attitude <laughs> i don't know how many of you watch george lopez the actual sitcom show on television not you know not his stand-up uh, routines but um <laughs> sometimes i'll take a break from uh, the big bang theory and uh tune into George Lopez on my handy dandy DVR machine. And, and he's got this one line that just has me and the wife rolling on the floor, holding our stomachs every time we hear it. <laughs> and in the show, uh, George will get into uh, some situation where he's got a, you know, he has to make a serious decision or, or where his actions will affect everyone in the show and, or, you know, everyone around him. And, uh, you know, because of that, everyone's panicking or wondering, you know, like, well, what the hell are we going to do? <laughs> and then George taps his, uh, you know, taps his chest a few times and says something <laughs> like, you know, don't worry. I got this. <laughs> it's so funny. I tell you, I, I can't do it justice. And But, you know, every time we hear that, <laughs> I got this. Me and the wife, well, yo, we bust out laughing so hard every single time. But he, but here's the thing. This confidence is exactly what we're talking about here. So let me ask you something. Uh, a little food for thought here, actually. But how confident are you that you can make some healthy changes to your eating habits? Drop it in the comments. Let me know how confident you are. I want to know if you got this. Because <laughs> here's the thing. There are studies that suggest that having an I got this attitude correlates or matches up or aligns to, you know, uh, behavior changes that promote weight loss. This is actually known in the behavioral science world as self-efficacy. So anyway, in one study, it was found that having self-efficacy at baseline, as in when the study started, or building it while losing weight was strongly linked to greater weight loss. So for lack of better terms, people with this skill set were able to rebound more quickly when they experienced setbacks. So instead of, you know, giving up, they were more likely to recommit, which makes them more likely to lose weight and maintain their results. Let me tell you, self-efficacy is a lot easier to achieve than you might think. And this is how you go about it, you know? So to boost your self-efficacy, what you want to do first, you know, you want to kind of determine one realistic change that you can make to support your goal. That's it. That's it right there. <laughs> so let's say you decide to tackle the snack habit you picked up during quarantine. <laughs> I like context, so let's work with some context here. We're talking about 
a quarantine snack habit. So what you do is that instead of saying, I'm going to snack less, you know, set a specific goal, something like I'll eat fruit with a snack at least three times a, a week. Boom. Precision laser guided missile effect there. Next, figure out how you'll do this. I don't know, maybe you'll start adding fruit to your shopping list. Small steps, baby steps, one step at a time, you know, you can do it. And as you put your plan into motion, you'll start running into hurdles like, you know, running out of bananas midweek. Uh, this will require some problem solving on your part. But again, you got this, right? And as you learn how to overcome these obstacles, these small wins, well, they, they start building up, you know? And as they build up, that kind of builds up your confidence. And confidence will carry over into other habits you're working on. It's a win-win situation, baby. Again, you got this. <laughs> the fourth principle of all uber successful diets is address your stress and sleep issues. <laughs> it's got to be done, you see? So according to the 2020 Stress in America survey ran by uh, the APA, the American Psychological Association, almost 80% of Americans said that the pandemic was a source of stress in their lives. <laughs> and no surprise, right? And more than two thirds said their stress levels rose during this period. <laughs> what a fucking surprise, huh? <laughs> Let me tell you, my stress and anxiety have been through the roof and only getting worse by the day. Luckily, luckily for me, my baby boys keep me grounded. Such a blessing, let me tell you. But that being said, yeah, people are stressed and rightly so. You know, with, again, with everything going on, the, the levels of um, overwhelm are seriously, seriously through the roof. And so when your levels of overwhelm are on overdrive, you know, your body pumps out tons and tons of cortisol. And if you remember from previous episodes, cortisol is a hormone that's been shown to increase your appetite and cause cravings for comfort and junk foods. Aha! Maybe that's why 86% of people surveyed by uh, ResearchScape International in 2020 reported having a harder than normal time resisting the temptation of eating junk food. I'm telling you, it's totally a thing for sure. <laughs> and not only that, but stress also takes a toll on you in other ways too. <laughs> so not to be citing all these studies, but the information is out there. I just gather it up and present it to you. So researchers at Ohio State University conducted a study that suggested that people who were feeling stressed out, quote unquote, this study found that they burned 104 fewer calories after a big meal and had higher levels of insulin. This is terrible. I don't, I mean, insulin is a hormone that produces uh that promotes fat storage uh hello <laughs> this is the opposite of what we're trying to get at here you feel me so we have to get a hold of this stress thing and find ways to manage it because here's the reality stress also disrupts your sleep so when you're underrested it can basically cancel out any efforts you're putting into the whole losing weight thing <laughs> not what you want to happen i'm sure but here are some things you can actually do to help with your stress. So you ready? <laughs> we start off with uh, you trying to create meaningful opportunities to connect with friends and family. Because at the end of the day, we're all social beings. So no matter how antisocial you may think you are, human beings need interaction with other humans. I know. <laughs> 
sounds counterintuitive, sort of, kind of, right? But it, but it's true, you know? You can also try naming three good things that happened in your day. Th and this, this here, this tactic, this naming three things, this works best when you're meditating. You know, take a few minutes out of your day to reflect on all the good things that happened to you throughout the day. And just like, literally just reflect on it. Th there had to have been something good that happened to you during the day. Might be small, you might think it's insignificant, but if you stop you take a moment, you reflect on it. You say, man, that was pretty good. <laughs> could be anything. Could be something small. Could be something big. But taking that time to think about it, to reflect, to let it manifest in your in your subconscious, you know, it works wonders. I'm telling you. So before you go to bed, jot down your thoughts that typically keep you up at night. You know, sometimes the mere action of writing things down, like physically taking a pen, putting down a, on a piece of paper and, and letting your thoughts flow this mere action can take all those things that are bothering you. It takes it off your mind so you can rest easy. I think they call this uh, journaling. <laughs> Give it a try. I just, me personally, like I don't journal in the true sense of the word, but you know, I do write things down often just to get them out of my head and onto paper so that my mind isn't occupied with trivial things. <laughs> but you should, you know, give it a shot because trust me, you have all these things swimming up in your head and things that you have to get done and, you know, deadlines and meetings and, and you know, this and that, like get all of that and, and write it down, get it out of your head so that you're, uh, so that it's not swimming up there and stewing and, and causing you to not sleep and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, you should also work on having a a consistent bedtime routine to let your body know that it's time to wind down, you know, <laughs> start training that, you know, your circadian rhythm to shut down at a certain time of the day. This stuff works. <laughs> I thought it didn't until I started making a conscious effort to try. And that's the key here, making that honest and conscious effort to try. You know, it's all about that training of your mind, get your mind in shape and your body will follow. The fifth and final principle that all superhero diets have in common is exercise, but not to lose weight. <laughs> it has to be said, you know, exercise is excellent for many things, including stress relief and, uh, you know, supporting better sleep, hint, hint, wink, wink, but it's not as good as you might think for promoting weight loss in particular. I know uh, this is almost counterintuitive, right? Well, uh, Results from a study that came out in November of 2020 suggest that for exercise to help with weight loss in particular, you'd have to work out for about an hour a day, six times a week. I mean, at that point, of course, yeah, you'll be losing weight because uh, with that, that amount of uh, exercise, you'll be burning away more calories than what you're taking in. That's just science. It's going to happen. But here's the thing with exercise, though, according to the CDC, just half that amount, uh, the, you know, that half of that one hour per day, three, uh, six days a week, just half of that reduces your risk of heart disease, type two diabetes, and some forms of cancer. Think about that. So even though it makes sense that exercise would lead to weight loss in actuality, <laughs> you know, it actually makes you hungrier and you eat more to make up for the calories that you burn. This study by the CDC, like they, they found that you'd need to burn about 3000 calories a 
week through exercise to overcome the extra amount of uh, that, that you eat when you work out. It's kind of like a catch-22. You exercise more so you can lose weight and, and look and feel great, <laughs> yet exercise makes you hungrier, so you end up eating more. But the real trick, as you may or may not know, is that it's what you eat that matters. These mindful choices that you make, not necessarily how much you eat, but what you eat. Because what I found is that when you're eating the right stuff, your body kind of tells you when to stop. Or is that just me? I don't know. Drop it down below. Let me know if I'm alone on this. Because really, if you think about this whole one hour, uh, six times per week thing, you really think about it. This isn't exactly everyone's idea of a good time. <laughs> not for me anyway. I like, I, I like how I feel after the fact, but it's not like I'm looking forward to going to the gym every day. You know, again, I go, I go to the gym. I, for, I sometimes I'm forcing myself. I'm dragging myself by the pants to get to the gym. And then after my workout, you know, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling pumped. I have all this energy, you know, but it's not like I'm looking forward to that. And now, you know, don't get me wrong because I know there's a lot of people out there that do get excited about their workouts. You know, those to me, those are the extremes. You know, I'm more of the laid back type of guy. You know, I like to, I, I like how I feel after the fact. So that's what motivates me to get in my workouts every day. I mean, that and the knowledge of knowing that I'm helping my body overcome disease and other nasty health problems, you know, so get that whole idea of exercising to lose weight, get that out of your head. Instead, find ways to work out that make you feel good. <laughs> you know, that, that'll make your workout habit more likely to stick throughout the year. And, and there you have it, fellas. You know, if you, if you start making these small little changes with those five key principles in mind, you'll find that your diet can and will be a successful diet. And so with all that said and done, that's it, you guys. That's my show for today. I hope you found some valuable information here. And if nothing else, I hope I've entertained you for a few minutes and was able to bring you a little manly sunshine to your day. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen to me. It's very much appreciated. On next week's episode, we'll be talking about the five signs of overtraining you need to look out for. So fellas, if you were overtraining, would you even be aware of it? Tune into next week's episode to find out. And if you loved what you heard in today's episode and want more advanced tips and hacks that go way beyond what you've learned today, you need to be in the conversation with me and the rest of the community by heading on over to podcast.daspination.com slash VIP to enroll in our insiders community where I share exclusive raw behind the scenes stories, tips, and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger and younger each and every day. That's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy, five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. Really helps me get the word out, and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. Till our next chat, take care now. Bye.